Hello, my name is Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. Welcome to the second episode of Security Women, the podcast. In this episode, host Sylvia Fraser speaks to Lena Securis about insider threats and what your organization can do to help combat this unfortunately all-too-common security issue. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Commissioners. Unfortunately, security has a tendency to be reactive, so proactive decision-making in security can become critical. It can lessen risk if you have a proactive group. You have the obvious ones, securing your building, access control. The list goes on and on with those obvious areas, you know, cameras, things like that. But uh, internal factors become critical and, and quite often they're overlooked. My name is Lori Brito. I'm the Director of Contracts and Security Solutions with Commissioners. Please visit our website at commissioners.ca. Now here's Sylvia to introduce her guest, Lena Securis. Welcome to the second episode of Security Women. In today's episode, we will discuss insider risk. And to discuss this very topic, very important topic, I must say, I have invited Lena Securis. Lena, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Sylvia. So, Lena, I have known you, I was uh, thinking, uh, and I had to look it up actually since 2005, and uh, we met at the CPP review course, uh, if you remember, um, and ever since, you have been such a great inspiration to me, and I know to many, many others here, and it's it's, it's so great to have you uh, on the podcast. So, for our audience, Lena has over 20 years of global experience in security risk management and is a certified protection professional with ASIS International. She has an academic background in criminal justice and sociology, and she also recently completed the Insider Threat Managers course at Carnegie Mellon University. Ms. Sekiris has is a member of the ASIS Professional Certification Board and also the co-chair of the SIS Women in Security Publications Committee. And in her corporate role, Lena is a director of corporate security for a large global financial institution based out of Canada. The scope of her work includes building external strategic partnerships, program planning and implementation, enterprise security risk management, planning and preparedness, and overall innovation building. Today's topic is a very important one and a very close to uh, topic to your heart, Lena. <laughs> Traditionally, um, as we know, we have put a lot large emphasis towards protecting perimeters to control access into our buildings and our system. And that is because we saw the biggest risk and threats coming from external resources. In a less connected world, that's very, very, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. We house our assets and manage accordingly. However, in today's world has changed and my goodness has ever changed, especially now. So Lena, you've introduced me to this topic and so that's why I'm even more honored to have you on, on, this, uh, on this podcast. Less than a year ago when we're writing a, a white paper on insider risk and, and I, I really didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. And you're such a, an expert in this topic with uh, all the knowledge and experience that you have built. So, so, Lena, what can you tell us about the threat landscape today as it relates to insider threats? Sylvia, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, that was a very kind introduction. And I do want to reciprocate in saying uh, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure knowing you over the last 15 plus years 
We did the CPP study group, of course, when we were 10 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as we continue to age, one, you're one of the people I learned from the most. Uh, thank you. I'm very passionate about today's topic. Certainly within the Canadian threat landscape, and this also reflects, you know, the global perspective as well, insider risk is certainly topical. In fact, uh, government agencies in Canada have listed it as one of the top security threats facing our nation today. Now, what's interesting about insider risk is very much around how we apply uh, today's lens. Obviously, as you mentioned today, in the connected world, it's very much about digital security. It's very much about having uh, external controls. But the interesting part is employees or insiders are taught to legitimately bypass security controls daily in order to perform their work function. So when we look at insider risk, we very much see the technical piece. 50% of insider risk-related threat events have a cyber element to it. But what's also interesting is, you know, what about the other 50%? Where does that sit? 44% of insider risk-related events are actually perpetrated by an unwitting or negligent employee. These are employees that simply uh, weren't aware what they were doing was actually going to perpetrate an insider risk-related event, like clicking on that malware. Or, you know, you're looking at negligent employees that simply didn't follow uh, a, a policy or a process. So it can become very challenging as well for the non-malicious type of insider threat events. And that's a point to punctuate. It's not only, you know, what we're accustomed to seeing in today's media around malicious insider perpetrated threat events. It's also around the unwitting. Um, you have about a 38% attack ratio on insiders that have malicious intent. And obviously this is the, the profile that we're gonna talk about in a little bit that could detrimentally uh, affect your organizational security posture, your organizational uh, business resiliency, because the intent is very much malicious. The other interesting part around insider risk-related events is when you look at malicious threat actors, in fact, Carnegie Mellon did a study in over 2,000 use cases that they looked at they saw that early behavioral indicators were present long before the bad event or threat event occurred, meaning there is a pathway that the insider will start on for the most part, and they'll cross that continuum. And you'll see behavior-based untoward comments, untoward you know, actions taken before an actual attack is launched. So that tells me there's early opportunity with enhanced detection for intervention and course correction. If the employee is disgruntled, maybe we need to have that conversation early on, long before, you know, we have a threat event on our hands. And the one example that comes to mind for me is the Fort uh, Hood shootings that happened over a decade ago. It's a little bit of an older use case. It's a very devastating one. I use it because it really shows how important it is to intervene early when you see unto untoward behavior. So it's not just about security at the endpoint end point or digital security, but it's about understanding the behavior 
behind the risk profile. In that threat event, 13 people were shot and killed by a U.S. military official. And the irony is this individual was actually on uh, U.S. military, their radar and the FBI radar for several years, uh, long before uh, the event happened. And for various reasons, his behavior went unaddressed. So, you know, certainly very concerning and certainly something when you're building out a program, you want that holistic approach. Absolutely, absolutely, and and thank you for using the example of um, you know a, a, a terrible and but also very insightful in terms of building an insider risk program. Um, but before we go into, I have a question on the insider program and the key elements. But before I go there, can you talk about what type of insider threat events profiles organization need to be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is where you look at risk profiling and you look at what do I need to be aware of? What does it look like in my organization? Possibly, what should I be looking for? So you have uh, five main threat types. You have IT sabotage. That can come in various forms. It's usually some type of material attack on an organizational network. It's aimed at causing major business disruption. Reputational financial impact usually comes with it. Um, next, you would have your intellectual property theft. Um, uh, this is good information, sensitive information, restricted information, leaving the organization in an unauthorized manner. We call it sometimes the electronic briefcase. This is the employee that has decided to send emails to their with that type of sensitive information to uh, an external email address, a home email address or has even printed off hard copy information that is sensitive in nature and taken that home. You have frauds, and fraud's interesting because the aggregate analysis around fraud, when you profile it, you see very much a risk profile of a usually um, mid-level manager that has been stealing in smaller amounts to go undetected that has been with the organization for a longer period of time and actually knows how to game the system because of that prolonged internal exposure and knowledge of uh, how the organization runs. Espionage as well, uh, this is a little different. So up to now, I've probably discussed uh, three insider risk types that have maybe average to a little bit of an increased capability in terms of skills and trade crafts, you know, for insiders to perform the unauthorized uh, threat event. Uh, espionage is a little different. Often, these are very sophisticated from a capability perspective individuals that actually join the organization purposefully to steal its secrets. And that could be for financial or political gain. So highly organized, highly sophisticated type. And the last piece and, you know, threat profile that we would look at, as we mentioned before, is workplace violence. And this is the one that is, it can be devastating because obviously the impact is, is a direct impact to human life. So the idea here in understanding the profiles is to really learn that not every risk profile or insider threat type has the same level of capability. Not everyone, if I may use this term, is an Edward Snowden. Sometimes it's your average employee that got a bad performance review 
and is looking to harm the organization. So that's important to um, to embrace. Great. Um, very good uh, points on the profiles as well. And and just looking at setting up an insider threat program, I know you're, you're very, very experienced in this area. What are the key elements in setting up a, a successful program? So the idea here, you know, Sylvia, as you know, as a, as a, a very astute security practitioner, is to start small and work with what you have today. So if you're taking a program approach versus, you know, just having processes in place, what you want to do is centralize an entity that's going to be representative of your insider risk, you know, group. You want to intake data. Uh, that is available organizationally for further analysis that might be anomalous in nature. The other piece and, and is really around performing good security hygiene, tying your insider risk program into your old, overall enterprise security risk management program. And what that really means is doing an inventory or a risk assessment of where your critical assets are or your crown jewels, as we call them. And then as well, understanding who has access to those critical properties or crown jewels, who has keys to the kingdom. So that's really understanding using a, you know, an intelligence-led uh, risk-based approach to understand where your uh, critical assets are, but also which employees have access to that. And do those employees, from a program perspective, require other more enhanced security controls, you know, Building out your insider risk program is very much, a, a, if I may say, it's very reflective of the organizational risk appetite. Not every program is the same. The other piece that's really important is training and awareness. And this goes beyond training your actual analysts so they uh, are able to intake and ingest information that may seem anomalous uh, coming from different data hubs and make that actionable. But the actual organization, what insider risk shouldn't be for an organization is interpreted or seen as a watch program. This is actually quite the opposite. It's about providing empowerment to your employees, creating through your training and awareness and being very transparent that the program exists, creating that culture of pre prevention is going to be essential to get the buy-in and build the trust and the credibility that the program will need to get the proper amount of lift. And you do that through good communication. So having good communication protocols around your insider risk program, you know, is, is certainly going to boost its credibility as well. The other part that we look at is making sure you've got what I call an integrated 360 risk uh, perspective on your program and what that entails really is building in, yes, you know, your technical uh, components to the program and being aware as to where technical indicators of compromise may be key risk indicators, uh, but also bringing in the behavior-based non-technical indicators and integrating uh, that data so you have a full threat picture of untoward threat activity around insiders. And then the other idea is really, as I mentioned, starting simple, but also work with what you have. So, you know, in, in today's era, while we record this podcast, we're all in some type of quarantine state because we're facing COVID. So how does that relate to insider risk? 
Um, and how do I incorporate what I'm doing today from a work from home perspective into my insider risk program? Uh, traditionally, you know, we would have security at the endpoint, data loss prevention uh, controls, monitoring of uh, information going out. Most sophisticated organizations would have these protocols. But what has changed is now I'm not able to have the same in-person conversation with my teams or my colleagues that I would traditionally have. And often, you know, these are early opportunities to be more aware of untoward behavior. So certainly when you're building out a program, you have to take into consideration what will be our new normal. Um, and we're only just scratching the surface of that now. So something to be aware of for sure. The last part is to get down to the actual teams and who should be involved. Having executive support right from the onset is going to be critical to your program success. It's that top-down approach. One of the things that I, I, I've learned is starting small, I think I've said it three times now, I'm building on that. Do not try and boil the ocean. Ensure you get the right people in terms of your internal key stakeholders at the table early on. Uh, certainly your legal, your privacy folks, your risk management folks, as well as your information security people, your corporate security teams need to be at that table. Some organizations create an internal planning and implementation team with these stakeholders. I think there's probably value in doing that and ensuring you have the right, uh, of course, governance and governance overlay on the program is going to be essential as well. Other golden nuggets that, uh, that we've looked at beyond starting small is it's really about establishing a short, medium, and long-term vision, right? Uh, this is new subject matter for the most part in the Canadian threat landscape, and I'll talk about it a little later, but Public Safety Canada has a fantastic good guidance document that they put out last year with eight practices you can incorporate into your insider risk um, management program, and it's certainly worth the read. Right, this, this is very good information, and I really like your approach. Um, very strategic, as, as, as I would expect, Lena, because you are very strategic in how you're thinking, and I like the approach that you've, uh, you've really discussed today, and also about being very realistic as well to what uh, can fit within the organization as well as the opportunity. Um, so you mentioned one reference that this is one area that um, I think the audience would really benefit from as well. Are there any additional references that one can go to to get more information about insider risk and how to build a program? There sure are. And, um, you know, south of the border, uh, in a way, has led, I guess, these initiatives uh, within the regional context because they have an executive order 13587 under the Obama administration around insider risk for government agencies. So that sort of, with other uh, obviously initiatives, have spawned uh, different frameworks that one can point to, different uh, data sources that one can educate on. I mentioned Carnegie Mellon early on. They have a fantastic insider threat um, management program and center with a myriad of resources that are free of charge. And then there's certainly more, if you're looking for more of an academic experience, you know, they have online and in-person courses that I highly recommend. 
Uh, as well, you have the National Insider Threat Task Force. That's the NTFF based out of the U.S. Very good resource hub there around the subject matter. And then as well, the Intelligence and National Security Alliance, that's known as INSA, uh, has very good uh, information. And as I mentioned before, Public Safety Canada, when we're looking at the domestic landscape and we want relevancy to, to Canada, uh, has published a guideline with eight strategic security considerations. That's great, uh, Lena. A wealth of information you have shared with us today. I want to uh, take a moment to thank you very, very much. As usual, I, I continue to learn from you, and I look forward to working with you in the future. And uh, you always are inspiring us uh, in, in the security industry here, uh, not only in Canada, but globally as well. So thank you very much, uh, Lena. It was a pleasure having you on our program today. It's been absolutely all my pleasure, Sylvia. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I was uh, very encouraged to have this, this conversation today, especially with you. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for the second episode of Security Women, the podcast. You can find future episodes plus other security-related podcasts at canadiansecuritymag.com. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening.